NXT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. What we're talking about in this episode, high-tech power and hip-hop. Now, I'm sure you use digital devices. I'm sure you're online. I'm sure you're on social media. Just about everybody is. The numbers are staggering. But what about careers? What about what it can do for your professional profile? What about what it can do for your life in terms of expanding your horizons? This is the new frontier. This is where people are making moves. And this is also where careers are being made and in some cases, even broken. So if you're kind of at that point where you're like, I'm doing this, but I'm feeling a little little bit stuck. What can I do to take it to the next level? This is the show for you. If you just want to get a better sense of what's out there and what's really going on, this is a show for you. If you want to find out about careers, there are many people in this field that are getting involved and becoming successes without going on to get PhDs, MBAs, and JDs, and all the other kind of degrees. Um, that you need after four years of college. They're doing it, but it's based on very specific knowledge. So we have an amazing panel with us here in studio to talk about this for you. And uh, you can post your comments on my Twitter page, at Lisa Evers, Instagram page, at Lisa Evers, and uh, Facebook, Lisa Evers. And of course, our feedback line, 212-367-1678. But let me introduce the panel. We're going to get right into it. Alan Kingdom is with is with us because the, the whole digital thing has really changed the music game. He's going to talk about how he's used it. He's a Canadian rapper and songwriter. You heard him on Kanye West's All Day. His EP is called Future Memoirs. He was named Best Hip Hop Artist of 2014 by City Pages. And he was listed on Complex Magazine's Top 25 Rappers to Watch in 2014. Alan, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Dwight Peters. He's the founder of BackersHub.com. We're going to find out what that's all about. Dwight, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Also with us is Lynn Cooper. She's the founder and CEO of Socially Ahead. It's an integrated marketing agency. She's coming at this from the point of view of social media being used for your business and promoting your brand. Lynn, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Peter Boyce. He's an investor. And he's invested in many well-known startups like Airbnb, Snapchat, Warby Parker. And he's going to tell us all about that end of things. Peter, thank you for being with us. Privilege to be here. Thanks. We appreciate it. And also with us is Anthony Frazier. He is the founder of Tech 808. This is the only, as you claim, hip hop inspired tech entrepreneurship conference, period. Yes. And it start it's it's going on tomorrow, Monday, November 9th. Yes. And we're gonna find out all about that. That's so right. let me start with you on this, Anthony. Okay. So w- what gave you the idea to kind of marry publicly hip hop with Technology. Well, the name of the company is actually called The Fat Startup. Um, Tech 808, me and my, my co-founder, James Lopez, started it uh, because we saw that, you know, there was a lot to be inspired by hip-hop as far as being an entrepreneur. Um, hip-hop is created by innovators. It's created by hackers. DJ Cool Herc is a hacker. DJ Grandmaster Flash is a hacker. You know, people who who, in, who are in part a part of hip-hop culture are hackers. They just don't know it yet. They don't know that you they mean like beat it. hackers. They're like hacking beats, or just... I mean, they can take that same creative energy and hack a company together. It's no different. They just don't know that they can. They don't know that they have those. So that what we did was we created a company that is going to showcase that they can take that same energy, that same talent, that same creativity, and, and apply it to building a company instead. So to take that idea, that that innovativeness, that drive, that kind of can't stop, won't stop attitude. Yes, and do it and do it like that, exactly. Lynn Cooper. You've worked with. Tell us about some of the companies and clients that you've worked with because you've you've had some really big and have some really big clients. Yeah, I'm currently I've worked with Hyundai, Doctor Miracles, Ford, Essence Communications, I've McDonald's. I've been really blessed. I'm mean, actually just in the entrepreneurship field. I didn't have a job in 2008. I got laid off. My career didn't exist. You know, five years ago, I created my own position and that, you know, using the skills that I had. So, like, that's what the beauty of technology is. You know, you create your own lane. And to say, you know, doing it five, six years ago, unheard of. So, like, it gives opportunity for people that normally wouldn't have the opportunity to have those large clients for me to think that I would actually have them 
So, and then also too, like in terms of you starting out and creating your own company, what did you have to do? Like, what was there a mindset change? Was there, did you have to get some big angel investor? Actually, no, my, my angel investor was my dad. Funny enough, um, I've been a serial entrepreneur since I was 16 years old. This is my fourth company. And when I got laid off, my dad was like, how much money do you need? And I literally started this company with a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. thousand dollars. And a Wi-Fi connection. And a Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> High-speed high speed Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> All right, we're going to get it. I want to get some tips from you, too, from our, uh, you know, for our, for our listeners. Dwight Peters, Backers Hub. What is yeah. that? So BackersHub.com is a community that we built for a Kickstarter enthusiasts. Uh, we get deals on the current Kickstarter campaigns, the best ones. We get them. We get deals for our community members. And on the flip side of it, we help campaign creators get exposure. A lot of people are going to crowdfunding to fund their ideas because they don't necessarily have startup capital. They're trying to get that exposure. So we built a very high concentrated community of people that love to be first on awesome products. So we're helping entrepreneurs get closer to their dreams while helping our community get awesome deals. Now just explain to people, I mean, we've all heard Kickstarter, we've all heard crowdfunding. Kickstarter is a way, explain that for people what that is. So crowdfunding, is just the idea of pretty much validating your idea by using the internet, getting people to support your idea by pre-sales. That's pretty much what it is. This isn't nothing new, it's just the manner that it's done. It's done online. So if you have an idea, if you have a prototype, if you have a really, really good niche at marketing, you could potentially take off by getting it on such a platform as Kickstarter or Indiegogo or just tapping into crowdfunding. And where we come in is we help these campaign creators with their exposure because marketing is probably one of the toughest things to do. And it seems like everybody's looking for money yeah everybody is and it's funny uh just uh you know uh right on uh what she just said you know you don't necessarily need a lot of money to get started with something sometimes you just need to make sure you have the right idea focus in on it make sure that there's value and then you'll see something come from it if you pitch it correctly because there is a notion i mean on the negative side people yeah. think oh well i don't have the education or yeah. a or b i don't have you know, 25 grand just sitting in a bank that I can... But I I think that's where we come in, right? Like, I didn't have 25 grand when I started this. This isn't a wreck to riches stories, but uh, I had 27 cents in my bank account when I started, right? So it's the mindset shift of using different tactics when you don't have resources right in front of you. How do you hack your way into creating something? Um, I was fortunate enough to learn about this technique called idea extraction where you validate what you're trying to build before you throw a dollar into it. When I started Backers Up, I got people to pre-buy my marketing effort, which gave me the capital to say, okay, people are gonna pay for this, this may actually work. So, um, yeah. Okay, and you're gonna, we wanna hear more oh, about definitely. this idea yeah. extraction, but let me bring in Alan Kingdom. Alan, for for rappers, mm-hmm. for, for all artists, but especially in the hip hop game, it's so important, that digital presence is kind of almost everything. Yeah, you have to have it, it's, it's very necessary. And then in terms, do you feel a pressure that you have to have a certain, you know, put, be putting videos out on YouTube, that you have to be active that way in order to get noticed? I mean, just to even be like at a kind of like baseline of attention level? Yeah, I mean, I don't feel pressure from it because as an artist, you always want to release something and like you always want to release content. But as like everyone else was speaking, like they're all involved in companies, et cetera. And I feel like nowadays, especially as an artist, you have to think of yourself as your own brand and your own company. So like every video and song that you put out is almost like an advertisement for yourself as well, you know? And I think that's like, it has affected my thinking and my artistry even because of the way that I have to release music now. And then in terms of actually creating it, what about on that end? Yeah, definitely. Cause before you used to have to go to record stores i'm not sure because i mean i've always the internet has always been around like since i've been born the internet has always been there so i don't really know anything different really but like you you do have to go online and go on youtube and see who's getting hits and see what's getting um the most attraction even if that's not necessarily what you do you just have to be aware and just seeing it on like a two-dimensional space and like sitting there is pretty interesting like that that's the way that you consume information these days what about in in relation to your fans like communicating with your fans or feedback with your fans do you feel that that kind of gives you more of a a genuine connection with them yeah i think that if if you don't know how to do that it's not going to work like you have to know how to somehow relate to your fans and like feel like even if you don't talk to them every tweet etc like they have to feel like you care you know because especially if they're going to support something that isn't you know, on Billboard right away. You know, like if if they if they feel like they're giving you their effort and attention, they definitely want to feel like 
it's being appreciated. And that you're paying attention. And that you're and paying attention to them and, and what they like. And wow. What. And then in terms of the musical influence, because it, it's, you know, as you said, you came up in the internet age, right, as it was, everything was expanding. Yeah. So you had access to artists in different genres of music way beyond hip hop. Does that play a role in your creativity? Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, some of my, like the people I've worked with online and even my managers, I wouldn't have met if it wouldn't have been without, like if the internet wouldn't have, ex have existed, I wouldn't have ever met them. Like, uh, I have a song produced by a 17-year-old kid from Dubai. Like, I don't know how I would have ever been able to connect with him. We just met on Twitter, you know? Like That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So, like, a lot of a lot of the things um, and a lot of the people I've met and artists I've met have been online. Even, like, the group that uh, we started last year called The Standard in Minneapolis uh, with Spooky Black, Bobby Raps, and Simon, we all came together and found out about each other online, so... So, so played a huge played a huge role, Peter Boyce. You're the investor here, with the cash and the access to the the cash. When you when you look at yeah. the companies, I mean, you dealt with Airbnb, Warby Parker, yeah. Snapchat, which is huge. Yeah. The what do you look at at the company to decide who you're putting money and what do they need money for? Yeah, totally. So you know, to the to points uh, touched on earlier, it's it's never been easier to start a company with with you know limited or no capital. Um, I think what's so powerful is you're seeing a democratization of tools. So you can set up a website with Squarespace, you know, for zero dollars. Uh, you can make a free SoundCloud account. So I think there's more and more expectation and more and more that entrepreneurs can accomplish before they raise any dollars. Um, where we come in and the role that venture capital plays and my firm General Catalyst Partners is is to work with entrepreneurs that want to grow and skill their ideas. So when they want to recruit their team, you know, when it comes time to you know get 10 people on salary and office space uh, you want to scale and really grow you know that's where you know a million dollars or two million dollars can make all the difference right and so so we work with founders and and, and teams that are uh, they've, they've launched a product they have something in market but they really want to kind of like grow and, and and distribute the idea and I think what the internet has done so well uh, to, to Alan's point is really it's around the the connectivity the distribution and discovery is totally being reinvented by the internet and so for companies that are that are savvy to that um, and they really want to grow across the US and internationally you know venture capital comes in to, to provide that capital and what about you mentioned internationally and and Alan Kingdom yeah. the rapper mentioned that that as well too it, yeah. it's that's a huge growing area. It is. You know, it is. We are all so connected. And that's that's what's so different from 5, 10, 15 years ago. You know, you can be any age. You can be 50. You can be 15. Uh, you can play a part and play a role. Start a business. Find a co-founder. Uh, get something off the ground. Find the first 100 people that want to use your product or buy your product. Um, and then that's, you know, that's the point where you know you want to go all in. You can raise venture capital and grow that company. And there was also a certain, and this is for every Everybody too is, I, I think for people too. There's a certain feeling with with all the, the with things digital that they're better able in some cases to be judged by the quality of their work and what the work actually is rather than what people's perception of them. Like you said, you're you're too young, you're too old, you're too this. There's racial, ethnic, regional, you know, even international biases that are going on. It's like basically it's about the idea and the concept. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think it's 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 about transparency. It's about whoever has the best product, the best experience. That's the stuff that kind of floats to the top. That's what folks want to spend time with. And so, and it's never been easier for anyone to, to put a product uh, into market and to tell their own story uh, in that ecosystem. Dwight, what kinds of things are people looking for cash for? Oh, man, a wide is there variety like, of I'm, things. I'm sure everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. But I mean, is, um, is there, you know, is, is, yeah. there, is there one area or like, or like, are there certain, you know, every we always talk about trends now. Everything is, this yeah. is trending, that's trending. Are there certain things that people look to to find money for or certain things that are easier to get funded for yeah definitely so in regards to I mean, crowd we're starting from zero here in terms of knowledge what we've noticed with crowdfunding um it's twofold so there are those small-time entrepreneurs that do have an idea that they're working on that they are looking to raise money for and then there are a few you know venture-backed companies that use kickstarter actually as a form of marketing within itself you know, public um, validation. Uh, they'll actually go on the platform, raise money just to validate it. But um, there's a lot of things that are coming out. Um, for our community, the projects that we tend to focus focus on are very tech-driven. That does a lot of, uh, that does very well. And um, believe it or not, fashion. Uh, a lot of fashion campaigns are coming out. And uh, I believe um, Peter could talk about this with um, uh, what he's going to mention in the Active Lifestyle, I yeah. believe. But, um, yeah, a lot of fashion campaigns are coming out. But um, entrepreneurs are just 
like like we've been discussing, they're just using these limited resources that we do have and just trying to figure out how to prove validation as quickly as possible so that they can figure out how to scale. Peter, what about that? Yeah, the, no, the, fa- the fashion thing. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's, I'm sorry, I don't know if I was supposed to bring no, that up. We were talking in the green room. No, I think that's, yeah. no, but I think that's important. You know, yeah. that people always like, you know, there's always yeah. been this kind of thing yeah. in, the, in hip-hop too. Is like, yeah. yeah, I've got my quote-unquote marketing company yeah, and we're printing T-shirts yeah. and we're printing hats. Yeah. yeah. And well, that, it, this it, is like a whole different level. It's literally, it's another iteration of that exactly. So we're investors in an e-commerce brand called Outdoor Voices, for example. And this is a company that had done phenomenal work on very, very limited capital. You know, were just able to find their community, find a product that really resonated. And now they really want to, they want to scale their operations. They want to open a pop-up store for the first time. But all of it can start online. You know what I mean? You can use Shopify to set up a storefront. Uh, it's never been easier to print t-shirts online via companies like Teespring. And when you think about building a brand, building a community, and creating real commerce, right? Like you can, you can make a real business overnight or in the span of two weeks um, by selling products because like, the internet makes it really easy to do that as well. It's never been easier to to transact uh, in a trust and, and secure way online. And so, you know, more and more folks, if you want to build a brand, if you want to build a product, you can do that. Yeah. And then in, ter- in terms of what yeah. makes a success, like how long, y- yes, you can set it up in two weeks, but then how long does this last? Yeah, of course. I mean, so look, some businesses can, can be, boot, you know, we call it bootstrapped. Uh, you know, businesses can be like that for a month, six months, a year. But I think there are comes a point where you want to get to the next level where you really want to you know double down focus on it full time you know grow the team pay a salary open a store for the first time and that's usually the the the, the jumping off point for thinking about raising venture capital because that's where you know we as investors you know work alongside entrepreneurs who have a big vision want to take a risk and have real strong ambition to really see their idea through and that's often the role that capital comes into play to help scale those ideas that are really resonating Anthony in terms of the the Tech 808 conference tomorrow yes. what can people like come for and what can they come away with what you hearing right now you know, um, Peter and Dwight are actually people who have contributed to my company before. Uh, people, uh, what the hip hop generation is not getting real answers. People have ideas about companies want to start things. They're not getting the answers. How does a single mother learn how to code if she has a job all day? You know, how do I do this? How do I do that? Nobody. Well, how, how does she? Well. Going outside, find out the fast startup, but really coming home, <laughs> the faststartup.com. But really coming home and and really finding out what tool works best for you. There's several out there. There's Codecademy. It might be a little bit too easy. There's learn.co that just came out that's a little bit more uh, hardcore. But she can learn on her own time. There are resources out there for her to learn how to do that. But that's the answers that we want to give out. People don't know these things exist. They're going, they're going about learning how to build a business in a very old-fashioned way and wasting a lot of time and energy and money. Don't write a five-year business plan yet. Go out there, validate, validate an idea, like Dwight said, use an idea extraction, and go out there and, and see if you can make money right away. Like These are the things that people need to know about, and that's what they'll get at Tech 808 on the stage. Well, let me ask, let me ask you about the, the, co- the coding thing, because we've heard true or false. You know, Some people have said to me, well, you know what, Lisa, this is a, coding is a great way for people to make money, yeah. especially you know if you're a student or mm-hmm. you're just you know, you're stuck in kind of like towards the minimum wage end end of the pay scale, and you don't have to have like a specific education, but you have to have certain education. Yeah. Like, what can you make? Like, what can you make coding money wise? Money wise, I mean, you can make up to six figures. You know, I know people who are coming out of you know uh, school making up to six figures. Uh, I know people who have self taught. Who are making close to two hundred thousand dollars now because they really know how to do Ruby really really well. Ruby on Rails, which is a coding language. Um, there's there's several languages out there. There's Ruby on Rails, of course, JavaScript, Node.js, a lot of different things that you can learn. You have to figure out which ones you you feel comfortable with at first and learn that way. Uh, but to be honest, coding isn't always just the 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 thing that you need to do to get a job in tech. There are other jobs in tech that exist. There are product jobs that exist. You can be a, a designer. You can be, you know, a, a manager, a, a project manager. You know, you guys are hiring all the time on their page. And so there's other jobs besides actual coding. So if anyone's listening and you you think you need to learn how to code to get into the tech industry, you don't. But coding is something somebody could do, or if they had a full time job sure. yeah. that they were keeping with because the, they want the benefits or whatever, but they want extra income. Yeah, you can do that. You can consult on the side yeah. and make just much as just as much as a full time worker if you're not a code. Yeah, 
coding opens up a lot of opportunities. I'm not going to go to Lottie. It's hard, though. And so a lot of people look at it as if, uh, yeah, let me jump in, learn how to code. Like, no, it's going to take you months. It might even take you a year. It might even take you two years. But once you learn how to do it, you open up so many opportunities for yourself. And then you have a skill that you can actually... You can monetize right away. Exactly. I mean, immediately. Lynn, in, in, in terms of the marketing, because that's that's an area. Our our general manager, Dion Levingston, we had a big uh, meeting with uh, sponsors and other people from the station working in the community. And he was talking about, he's also sp- a small business owner. He was talking about this is an area that a lot of small businesses, like brick and mortar type small businesses, fail to take into consideration. And even internet. Tell us about what some of the marketing do's and don'ts. Oh, wow, there's so many. (laughs) Um, Basically, the first things first, I think when people are starting their business, they have to figure out how they're going to sell it. I think people get really passionate about creating their product, but trying to figure out how to actually get it to market is the hardest part. So first things first, if you don't know how to do it, find someone else that's qualified that can. I think people make the hang-up of trying to do everything themselves. Um, But definitely do and don't. Do, make sure that you're able to be found online. And make sure that your site is mobile ready and actually can be indexed properly. A lot of people put up a website, they'll use a Square, a Space, or a Wix, and then they just leave it there. And they're like, you know, why is no one coming? Um, And actually having a clear and concise message when you're marketing. Making sure that you're consistent. You can't just put up a post today and say, hey, buy me, buy me, buy me. Without any follow-up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we can all go on Instagram and we're scrolling continuously about buying, but I know nothing about this business. I know nothing about this brand. So take the time to really understand your customer and what they want and actually be able to deliver it to them, but build a relationship with them before you ask them to buy something. And then ha- and have your thing out there. What about in terms of the different social media platforms? Wow. So basically, you don't have to be on all of them, but I will say that you definitely need to reserve your name on all of them. But find where your consumers are and go there. You don't, you know, don't be everything to everyone. You will go absolutely insane trying to do that. Because there, there, there are people that'll say Twitter is better for business than Instagram. Mm. Uh, Facebook, you have to be on just because of the sheer volume of traffic. Mm-hmm. What, about, what about what about that? Periscope. It's all it's LinkedIn. all about the company, the product you have, it right? Yeah. So yeah. for 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 the for our activewear <laughs> brand, Instagram is so much more right. of an uh, important channel uh, as opposed to Twitter. That's just not where our community is. That's not where folks are trying to find products. But right. Instagram, very visual. You can comment. You can engage with others, and that's Absolutely. been a perfect place. So it's, it's about been, picking. Yeah, it's about picking what's best and what's right for your brand. For me, I'm a Twitter junkie. Like I, I absolutely live in Twitter, but I'm selling content and I'm selling marketing. You know, right. my product isn't is visual. And news and ideas. Exactly. Right. And like that's and actually, to be honest with you, that's what I, I've met almost half the people in this room. Not I'm constantly looking back now that we've yeah. been friends and not even realizing yeah. that I've been friends with all these gentlemen here. So it's an amazing thing that you know I'm finally getting to take my online relationships offline. And that's the biggest thing I suggest. Take your online relationships offline. Is don't be don't be afraid of that. Don't to be engage. afraid of it. Because obviously, there's some kind of connection there. Absolutely. Right. Right from the beginning. Yeah. Definitely. What about the what about connecting with people? Like, how do you know you're not getting scammed? In regards to what? How do you know you're not just like with these money raising campaigns and these kickstarters (laughs) and all these kind? Yeah, so you know, um, we are no way. I mean, I'm just asking a question. I know know people are thinking right now, like, yeah, that's great. Let me just uh, try to get 25G here. No, and you (laughs) know, um, and that's where the transparency comes from. And you know, we're not affiliated with Kickstarter. We just work with Kickstarter campaign creators. And one of the cool thing about our community, um, we have a private Facebook group where over 6,000 of our members are. They actually call out campaigns, right? So if something seems spammy or fishy, they'll call it out. But um, you know, it's in the best. It's in the best position just to be transparent. Um, people are going to see through fakeness, right? They're going to sniff it out. They're going to smell the spam. They're going to smell the fakeness or if there's a scam trying to be pulled out. But, um, you know, right now it's a great opportunity if you have an idea to get started. And just to talk about the coding skill set, like so many people, I think, especially for our culture, we get um, – we get overwhelmed and think that we need so many different skill sets to get started. I don't know how to code. I'm not a graphic designer. I don't write one line of code, haven't ever, but I know how to connect the dots. And I think that's what makes a great entrepreneur, especially in this day and age. If you could see the future before it happens and quarterback it, you have a chance at being successful. Definitely. And we, w- we want you to have a chance at being successful, whatever you're looking to do. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, the gram, at Lisa Evers, and Facebook and Google+. 
and LisaEvers.com. If you're just tuning in right now, you missed the beginning of the show, you can hear it again on LisaEvers.com um, in just a short time. It'll be available there 24-7 as a free podcast. What we're talking about is high-tech power, harnessing that so that you can drive your future forward, so that you can be better prepared for the kinds of opportunities that are out there that aren't always like a nine-to-five job anymore. That's not the way the economy is going, according to just about everybody that I hear. And um, we're going to tell you how to make the most of it, and we're going to continue doing that right after this. Hallucinations Smoking all what you be craving Kinda wish I had more time with you Kinda wish that I was fine with you Sipping on a smooth occasion Smoking on that rude awakening Just admit I really try with you I did Just admit I'm in your mind with you I is, I is If I had an inclination I was the one that needed saving I should've stayed up on my crying with you That's a snippet from Wavy by Alan Kingdom. He's with us here in studio. He's a Canadian rapper, songwriter. You heard him on Kanye West all day. His EP's called Future Memoirs, and he was listed on Complex Magazine's Top 25 Rappers to Watch in 2015. We have Alan with us here in studio and a great panel I'm going to introduce to you talking about technology, talking about everything that's going on, because we're hearing bits and pieces if we're not in it on a day-to-day basis, and yet in a lot of ways we are. So there might be ways you can be making more money, which I think everybody wants to do. There might be ways you can be maximizing your business, maximizing your career, and just learning something new that you really enjoy. Plus, I think it's always a lot more fun um, by listening to what our guests have to offer on this show. Also with us is Dwight Peters. He's with the founder of BackersHub.com. Lynn Cooper is with us. She's the founder and CEO of Socially Ahead, an integrated marketing agency. Peter Boyce is with us. He's a venture capitalist who's invested in many well-known startups like Airbnb, Snapchat, and Warby Parker. And also with us is Anthony Frazier. He's the founder of Tech 808, the only hip-hop-inspired tech entrepreneurship conference. And it is going on tomorrow. Tomorrow. Now, people want more information about that. How do they find out? Tech808.co. And you can get 25% off if you use the word VIP as the uh, as the promo code. And um, I hope to see you there. We have a lot of really good people um, we had Dwight Peters speak a bunch of times. We had uh, uh, Peter, who's on the show as well, speak um, online with us a, a few times. And so we're all about actionable tips because that's what you're kind of hearing right now. You're hearing from Lynn and everyone on the panel about what does it take to get yourself from one step to the next? And that's what we're about. I don't like going to a conference and hearing a whole bunch of theory and hearing a bunch of, you know, this, that, and the third. I'm, I'm about sick of that right now. And so what I want to know, if I go to the conference, I want to know, okay, how do I do this? Like, what's step one? Like what's a takeaway, like have a good takeaway exactly. action plan. We give everyone notebooks. Like, and those notebooks should be filled by the time you leave. We call them hustle pads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I like that, a hustle pad. That's right. So people can take notes and... That's, you're not supposed to leave without it filled out. And follow through. That's right. And I do kind of like the idea that for a digital tech conference, you are the pad and pen. Yeah, it's, it's, I have to say, as a reporter, sometimes it, it, it's faster, it, faster learn, than a keyboard. You actually retain 
And I preach this a lot on a, on our site. You retain knowledge when you write it down. When I put stuff Absolutely. on digital platforms and I take a note, it's done. It's over. It's gone forever. If I write it in Evernote, I never <laughs> see it again. But if I write it on a piece of paper, it stays around a lot longer. That's true because it goes through our somehow it has some some exactly. kind of impact on our, on our memories. In terms, let me ask all of you. In terms of people who are listening right now, if they want want to just find out, like, what do I really like to do? You know, they're in school or maybe out of school working and not really happy with what they're doing. What are some of the th- ways they can do to kind of like find out where they might be able to fit in this whole exciting new realm? Well, you know, the first thing to do is come to uh, the conference tomorrow. Definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely come to the conference. That's not what I was going to say, but thank you. Um, <laughs> the first thing is to find out like whatever you're passionate about, like Dwight said. And uh, I think when people think of uh, starting a company, they, they automatically start thinking, I need to go talk to Peter. And that's not what you're supposed to do. I think what you got to do is go find your customer. And so something as simple as putting a, a survey out can be, you know, your first step in saying, if this, you know, what's the number one pain that you have? It's, he calls it idea, idea extraction. A lot of people call it customer development. It's so many different words for it, different names. What is it? it? What is that? It's just figuring out what who's going to pay you money for what their problem is. Yeah. It's a pain. Get that yeah. money. It's a pain. So people pay. Also, oh, idea to solve extraction their pain. is a fancy word for figure uh, out who's going to pay. Yeah, not that fancy or not, but pretty much. You <laughs> well, know, I didn't understand what it was. I think a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening to this and even on the panel, I think um, at some point we all experience failure. And for me personally, what my failures were were when I came up with the idea. I'm like, yeah, I have a great idea, Lisa. I'm going to go sell this, right? And then crickets. You know, you build it, they'll come, nobody comes. So the concept of idea extraction is just reversing it. Instead of you building a product per se, it's um, finding a pain point from any type of demographic, figuring out what's your biggest obstacle, what's hurting you, what's stopping you from reaching your goal, and then seeing if you could create a solution for that. So with Backers Hub, that's exactly what we did. We went to Kickstarter campaign creators and we said, what's your biggest hurdle right now? And the number one thing was the same thing. We need help getting back. So we did some research. We found out that 60% of Kickstarter's revenue comes from repeat backers, people that continuously back projects on Kickstarter. So we had this crazy idea. How about we build the community out of these repeat backers and just promote new projects to them? So by doing that, we're now helping campaign creators. If you like to be featured, if you like to promote your product to our community, we could get you funded. So, you know, we had to reverse it. We had to figure out what was it that people really wanted and what are they willing to pay for? The campaign creators were willing to pay for that type of help. So it's a need that wasn't being basically a yeah. need that's not being met. Exactly. exactly. But then how do you make money? How do you make money on that? Um, so for me, you know, another thing I was I was very afraid of selling. I don't know why, you know, especially being new at this, I was a little timid. Um, but for this, I made sure that I charged up front. I said, okay, if you're interested in the service that I'm telling you I could provide you with, I'm going to need you to process this invoice real quick, right? So, you know, it was an aggressive stance, but this allowed me to validate that there was an actual market instead of getting fluff. Like, yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, wow. It was okay. okay. Prove to me that this is a good idea. It's like basically your... put your money where your mouth is. Exactly. exactly what it is. So, when I, like I said in the first segment um i only had 27 cents in my bank account i started october 16 2013 and that first night yeah we we, we got our first sale by that first week we already had two grand it was like okay wow this is something that people are paying for we need to figure out how to build this now right and that's where the 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 hustling you come out where you have to create a product and deliver so um yeah you know so anybody listening that's timid or thinking about becoming an entrepreneur i kid you not this is probably the best time you do not need a lot of capital you do not need a lot of startup what you need to have a lot of is a big imagination and a very very strong work ethic and a desire to create value and once you have those three things you'll knock it out the park and your your advice what do you guys think about his advice where he's saying because i mean i think that a lot of people would think well let me just get it out there and see if they like it and then i'll start charging but your approach was like this is what it is this is what's going to cost and you kind of like cut out the you know, that's the, it, be, that's the best way to validate it is to put your money where your mouth is and just to build on something like he's building something that makes people's Kickstarters experience better. 
And so one of our quotes is, don't reinvent the wheel, put rims on it. Right. And so look at something that's already there and improve that process, right? So you have Spinners. a pain. Right. You have Roll a, back. Hey, Roll back. That, I mean, you have a pain out there. Like solve what's, you know, these things are not new. What's the need there, there are a lot of people who are having the pain. So like even for Alan, like, you know, you think about the music, like you can almost put music in the same, yeah. in the same arena. Yeah. You know, just re, don't reinvent it. Exactly. Alan, what about for for you as a musician, as an artist, what platform do you feel reaches reaches your hip hop audience the most? Uh, For me, it's definitely SoundCloud and Twitter uh, the most. Um, I feel like SoundCloud because of like the sharing capabilities. It's kind of like when I listen to it, I just kind of like put it on and let it run and I find new artists that way. So just the way music is being consumed now affects how you create and you want to grab people's attention right away. Uh, is basically the thing now in the first 10 seconds the first 5 seconds you don't want someone to skip the track you want someone to be like what is this like and keep listening and in in terms of the like Instagram a lot of artists are on Instagram Mm -hmm. yeah I'm on Instagram as well Instagram is another big one especially because I feel like it captures your aesthetic very well and um People aren't really. I mean, MTV and and whatnot are 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 kind of becoming for music videos. People aren't really watching uh, the 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 main resources that were given to us originally. MTV even took videos off. Now, right, 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 right. So you have to kind of go on Instagram to show people how you dress, just like your everyday life, like your style, and uh, huh. it's it's a lot about lifestyle now as well. Definitely, and then you're from the Midwest, yeah. even based in Minneapolis, yeah. right in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So this has to have helped you build fans in other cities. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, just the the tour that we went on last year, I think it was fall 2014. We just hit every major city, and what we did as a group, uh, Minneapolis artists, uh, as the standard, we just went on SoundCloud and looked at our statistics and looked at who was playing our music the most, and we just went to every major city, including Toronto, and sold out every show. Just based on that. There it is, Lynn, you're shaking your head. Yeah, no, that's the beauty of the internet. I mean, you're able to actually now as an artist take control and put it in your own hands and, you know, figuring out where your demographic is. Yeah, exactly. That's just amazing. And I think the other thing is finding your tribe. You've got to find where your where your tribe is. Um, and even as an entrepreneur, you know, some of us don't have a background. Our families weren't entrepreneurs. But finding other people online for me has been a blessing to be like, okay, look, you know, I can call Peter. I can be like, hey, you know, I have this idea. Can you help me out? Do you have another resource that I wouldn't absolutely have before? So that's the beauty of it. I think we just need to make sure that we're using it effectively versus just doing it just because. I don't as care a time what sandwich do you, that you ate. Uh, like, <laughs> because, I mean, you can, you, can go on, you can go online, you can go on social media and it, it can be like a black hole for time oh it god just, oh yeah. yeah you gotta set limits so like i tell people like for myself i have social media sundays where for me that's when i put up all my content i start for doing research and things of that nature and i set limits on my phone 45 minutes at a time no more than that because you will get sucked in to face i've been sucked into facebook all day or, or instagram just scrolling you can't do it to yourself because you're missing life live Right, exactly. This is also the, the, the balance we were talking about between like online and offline, right? So it's like, it's never, you know, you can find like great events, you can find great communities that really, you know, kind of speak to your work. And so, you know, for folks that are getting started, whether that's going to an event that is about tech and music, tech and finance, tech and marketing, tech and education, um, <clears throat> going and being able to find those things online and then going offline to meet real people in real life. Yeah. Right, because at the end of the day, it's, it's about real people. Yeah. Because yeah. if you don't have the people, whatever you're doing is not going to be yeah. is, is not going to yeah. be a success. Yeah. And then in terms of, in terms of the conference, the Tech 808 conference yes. tomorrow. Yes. Uh, Tell us know, a little bit more about what we can learn. Uh, you're going to learn everything. You're going to learn about how to get funding. Um, you're going to learn about you know social media, how to how to basically do content marketing. As you, you know, when you're a company, um, you have to be your own media firm. We talked about this in the green room actually with Alan. Is like now that he's an artist, you know, he has to basically be his own blog, his own put out his own news. You know, you don't have to rely on MTV and all these other guys anymore. And for companies. Even if you're a startup, you have to do that too. So how do you pull people to yourself? One of the ways is content marketing. So we'll have a lot of sessions on that. Um, Raising money, of course, content marketing, uh, learning how to code. Uh, We have a husband and wife team who learn how to code together, and now they've basically created their own destiny. So they're going to present together um, on stage. We have a lot more, so it's going to be pretty fun. It's going to be amazing. Tech808.com for more information. .co, no M. 
Co. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Tech Co. Uh, Peter, the um, yeah. the business models are changing also too. Like Absolutely. we saw the the taxi here in New York City, the whole livery cab and taxi industry revolutionized by Uber and and Lyft and all these other. Uh, you know other car car services yeah. grocery stores we see we yeah. see major grocery stores yeah. closing because people are not getting their groceries delivered yeah. you know at the same price right to their house yeah. what what other things all do you these think industries are-, are being reinvented to be honest i mean like this is like the the power of the the fact that we all have these mobile phones in our pockets um there's all this kind of transparency and kind of expectation of quality all these kind of you know existing kind of like legacy businesses and infrastructure kind of stand to be reinvented so you know whether it's oscar health basically changing access to to health care uh and health insurance making it really easy to understand and sign up so that's being reinvented um um, you know, companies like Handy, which is for cleaning services. So before, you know, if you were, you know, a house cleaner, you were, you know, promoting yourself on Craigslist and you didn't know whether you're going to get paid or or not paid in cash. And so Handy is a technology platform that makes it really easy to, you know, ensure that you're going to get booked, that you're going to get paid uh, and, and boosting your livelihood. And we also spoke earlier about the just the, the economy is changing and that the rise of like the freelance economy. Right. So the fact that everyone can be their own entrepreneur, work their own hours, you know, make their livelihood in the six hours of the day that they want to work so that they can be with their family or their friends any other time, I think is powerful. And, and, and the Internet and and technology is enabling all these things. And and it's important to also just realize New York's role in all of this is like the number two technology hub in the U.S. I'm and glad like, I wanted to ask you about that. Let's just like pre- appreciate that for two seconds. Like, you know, <laughs> this is like, you know, you've it's got incredible, right? Silicon Alley. Not, I mean, 100 percent. It's so much. It's here today and it's only getting stronger and bigger and better. More and more dollars are being invested here. More and more companies are being created here. More and more jobs are being created here. More and more folks are able to access coding programs and coding schools and and being able to totally change their outcomes, right? And so and so, just taking a moment to celebrate tech, you know, in here in New York, I think is powerful because this is gonna this is going to be you know the redefining dynamic of our city, right? No, absolutely. But let me ask you this, and and to all of you on this, former Mayor Mike uh, Bloomberg. I had covered, you know, covered him when he was in office as um, as as mayor, as a reporter for for Fox Five, which I still do. Five, six, and ten. Check check me out. Hey. <laughs> um, the uh, but but he was very big on the technology industry yeah. in New York. But he was saying because as as you're pointing out, we have the sil- what they call Silicon, Silicon Alley, Alley yeah. right, and there, that there are these jobs, but that a lot of our youth and a lot of our young adults in New York are not qualified for these jobs that are being created by these companies. What do you what do you say to those to the to those people who are listening right now who are like you know what I'm not prepared I'm I'm in a high school I'm trying not to get stabbed yep. and just trying to get through and what do they you know what do you tell them No I I think I think we all have uh, have work to do to create more opportunities and more access for all of those folks you're describing I think there are there are so many more resources now to to get educated to find those skills nights and weekends very affordable like you're going to see this the the rise of these kind of coding boot camps in 12 weeks 18 weeks being able to define skills and totally change your trajectory um, so I think the city's focusing more on that and more and more companies are focusing on that cuz it's it's good for the community and it's good for these companies, right? All of our companies here in New York wish they could hire more and more engineers and more and more marketing folks and more and more, you know, content people here in New York. And so, so there's a real kind of skills gap and a real need that's going to be skills met by gap. companies. That's what he was that's, talking about. That, I think that's 100% what it is. And part of it is just, you know, taking the first step and just showing up at a tech event, you know what I mean? And just seeing other people that have, you know, made it into technology and made it into their career and seeing that it's possible. I think that's honestly a very easy, actionable first step that everyone should take. Take, whether it's at Tech 808, you know, t- tomorrow or uh, a meetup event that's going on around music and tech later in the week, just go and see that people are, you know, this is real. Uh, and I think more and more folks need to see it and get exposed to it to realize that it's something that they can pursue. Because there is the there is the idea too for for a lot for a lot of people if they don't have college if they're high, high school dropout or just finished high school and don't have college. They they're going to go into some type of service industry job, and then feel frustrated at a certain point because they're like, you know what, I can't. I'm trying to grow. I, I they feel like they're in a dead end in terms yeah. of do I get more school and incur more debt, getting more education to try to get a better paying job, and then it becomes like this, you know, this treadmill that you that you can't get off. But I mean, something that I wanted to, you know, he made it's a great point. The reason why we we really promote Tech 808 is because most of the people on stage are people of color. And so that's something that that's something that we really, really, really take um, to heart because 
when people usually go to tech conferences, they don't see anyone on the stage that looks like them. It's predominantly white. And then they look to their neighbors left and right. They're not even going to network because that person, they're just intimidated to walk up to a group of people because they don't look like them. So you you just leave, you leave without nothing. And so with Tech It Away, we're trying to create a more safer environment with people on stage who you can look at and say, you know what, I can do that. Like, he's he looks like he comes from with? me. Tristan Walker is one of our speakers. He's someone from Queens, New York. Uh, he has a company called uh, Bevel, Walker and Company, and they release a, 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 a not an app, <laughs> but a, a product called Bevel, which is a shaving kit. He just did a deal with Target, just raised about $30 million. Like, this guy's from Queens. You know, he, he looks like me. He looks like, so it's like, we want people in, in the audience to be like, oh, I can do that. And you can't, you don't identify yourself with those people if you don't never see those examples of success. No, that's, yeah. that's a, real, that's a really great point. Yeah. But then after all, and then once you are online, you're judged by your product, not by whether or not yeah, exactly. somebody likes the way you look or has right. issues exactly. or exactly. any type of prejudices or, or any biases. That, that matters just as much. Exactly. Yes. The, exactly. The, whole, the whole thing. That, that's great. Okay. Um, Alan, people want to find out more about you. Where can they go? Uh, they can go on my Twitter, A-L-L-A-N-K-N-G-D-M. Um, they can go on my Instagram, I am Alan Kingdom, or Facebook.com slash I, I am Alan Kingdom. And also have a documentary, uh, should be premiering in the next few days with The Fader. They came to uh, St. Paul slash Minneapolis and kind of took some video and, and captured the story of my progression and using the internet and using tech to be able to spread my music. And That's great. Well, we wish you a lot of luck. We're happy you. we have you here Thank you. in studio with us. And, uh you know, can't wait to hear more music. Thank you. All right, thank you so much. That's Alan Kingdom. Uh, Dwight Peters, BackersHub.com. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, no problem. It was a pleasure. We appreciate it. Lynn Cooper at Socially Ahead. Thank you so much. And uh, Peter Boyce at Bad Boy Boyce on oh, yeah. Twitter. You guys will all be <laughs> on Twitter. Story about They'll that. all be on my Twitter <laughs> at Lisa Evers. Uh, throughout the day, we'll be he posting. Used to be an intern at Bad Boy. <laughs> That's another story. Yeah. That's another story. Oh, we could have some music in the studio. <laughs> and look at where he. Yeah. And look at where he is now. Yeah. And yeah. happy. Speaking of that, happy belated birthday to uh, the one and only Puff. That's right. um, and Anthony Frazier, tech808.co. That's right. It goes down tomorrow. Goes down tomorrow. Use that VIP code for the 25%. Just type VIP in the promotional window and you'll get 25% off. All right. Well, I want to thank all of you for taking time from your busy schedules to be with us here on Hot 97 Street Soldiers, giving us all this great information. I'm very motivated. I hope our audience and our listeners are too. So Lots too. of great ideas. So yeah. thank you very, very much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. All right. Now we're going to find out about a new change in healthcare. Very, very important, especially if you happen to be a low income working person or family. We're joined now by Roger Milner. He's executive director of Metro Plus. And we want to talk to him about a new program that he has for people who are low income but working or are making too much money to qualify for Medicaid and really can't afford these insurance premiums with some of these other plans. And Roger, thank you so much for being with us again. We really appreciate it. Good. Thanks for having me. So this is something, the open enrollment for people who do not have health care, this just began and they have until January 31st. Correct. So tell us about this essential plan that is for people who have been feeling kind of like they're caught in the middle there, like they make too much for public assistance or for Medicaid, but they can't really afford these other plans. Sure. Um, one of the features of the Affordable Care Act was to offer a very low-priced or low-cost health insurance plan for the uh, group of people who in the past would have been eligible for a program that was formerly known as Family Health Plus. So when Family Health Plus went away, when the Affordable Care Act started up, it left a void for people to have to pay for health insurance, whatever that premium was. The Essential Plan is a low-cost premium option plan that is either $20 or zero a month, depending on someone's income and family size. They cannot be eligible for Medicaid, so it's for people whose income is above the Medicaid level, but yet they still can't afford to have health insurance. And then in terms of premiums, what are we talking about? So we're talking about a maximum of $20 a month for the standard plan. There's different variations. If you want to pick up dental and vision for an additional $26, then the total would be, for Metro Plus, $46. However, if you just want the basic standard plan that includes all of the 10 essential health benefits like checkups, physical, lab work, x-ray, etc., it's either $20 or zero, depending on your income and family size. Now, is this just for New York for New York City and New York State residents? Is this for Jersey? Who can qualify? Good question. Uh, 
the the federal government and as part of the legislation allowed health plans to decide if they wanted to offer this essential plan or not. Only two states took advantage in this first year of offering the essential plan, which was New York and Minnesota. No other health plans in the United States, no other, excuse me, no other states within the United States chose to take advantage of this feature of the Affordable Care Act other than New York and Minnesota. Those are the only two states that you can get the essential plan in. And then in terms of the coverage, because one of the issues was a lot of the coverage was a high deductible that was there. So for common things that people might need to go to see a doctor about, like a flu or cold or, you know, a, a minor aches and pains or whatever, they're not sure what they have or checkups, that it doesn't cover it. What does this cover? Very good. So all of the same 10 essential health benefits that were in the other Affordable Care Act products like the bronze, silver, gold, platinum level plans, we will call them the QHP, the Qualified Health Plan products, the essential plan offers all of those same essential t 10 essential health benefits. And if you want a rider, you can take on a rider that would get you the dental and vision. All of those other 10 essential health benefits would only cost you, let's say, $20 or zero, which would be your monthly premium. Your out-of-pocket costs, like your co-pays and, and deduct there's no deductibles, so you don't have no deductible. And your co-pays are very much cheaper than what the qualified health plan co-payments are. So some people, depending on the situation, they won't have no co-pay at the doctor, no co-pay at the specialist. They only pay their monthly fee premium of $20. Others may be paying 5 or $10 for their co-pays, depending on their income and family size. Okay, and then with this Metro Plus essential plan, is there a ceiling for how much you can make? Yeah, so for example, if you are a family size of one, your maximum household income can exceed twenty. Twenty-three thousand five forty. If you're a family size of two, thirty-one thousand eight sixty. If you're a family of three, it's forty thousand one eighty. And if you're a family size of four, your total annual salary can't exceed forty-eight thousand five hundred. So it can keep going up. It can keep going up. Okay, Roger, we're just about out of time. But if people want more information about this, where can they go? Sure. Someone can visit MetroPlus's website at www.metroplus.org, or you can call us at 1-855-809-4073. All right, Roger Milner, Executive Director of MetroPlus, thank you so much for being with us again and letting us know about the essential plan. If you want more information, go to metroplus.org. This is very affordable health care for low-income individuals and working families that can help you get complete coverage for you and your family. And remember, if you don't have coverage um, in 2016, you could be looking at some stiff penalties in 2017. So uh, we want to thank you so much for making us aware of that. We want to thank all of our guests um, that were here on Hot 97. You can check me out on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. We'll be posting pictures and also the link to this show on Facebook, Lisa Evers, and also on Instagram. I want to thank our whole Hot 97 team, our general manager, Dion Levingston, program director, P.O. Farrow, um, Bali Lambie-Boyer, who is the Insight Director here in New York for the tremendous event she did to get us all support, our Digital Director, Jeffrey Thacker, Digital Assistant, the one and only TJ, and my whole Hot 97 Street Soldiers team, Executive Producer, Tone Capone, Associate Producer, Rose D, Assistant Producer, Mia Bell, and Production Assistants from Marcus, our Board Op and Digital Support, the one and only DJ, Michael Medium. And uh, please remember, check me out on the Fox 5 News at 5, 6, and 10. Twitter, you know the deal, at Lisa Evers. And remember, use your mind, it's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace.